So we talked last week about the present heaven because there's a difference between the heaven that is now and the heaven that is coming at the end of the age. So last week we talked about some of the aspects of what we consider present heaven, where we go when we die now. When, as a believer, when you die, you go to the present heaven. And the present heaven is a place of, the Bible tells us, even now, it's a place because it's a, it's a place where God is. It's a place of incredible splendor and majesty. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it, is, as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which has not entered the heart of man. So, like, so things that you've never seen, things you've never heard, things you haven't even thought about. You know, you can imagine some pretty grand and great, you know, and we've seen some pretty incredible things. But they're nothing compared to all that God has prepared for those who love him. See, what makes heaven heaven is not the place of heaven, though it's going to be glorious. What makes heaven heaven is God. And can you imagine being in the, un, you know, we've never experienced this, uh, the unfettered, uninhibited, glorious presence of God the Father, uh, to be in the presence of the Son who died for us and took our place on the cross. We talked about the blood. He shed his blood so that, so, that, so that we could be saved. The Holy Spirit, with all the restraints of time and, uh, and misunderstanding, so that we understand, to be good, be good to understand all things. Heaven is a place of rewards for responsibility. Although most of this is probably talking about in, uh, in eternal heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may be recompensed for the deeds in the body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. Now, uh, as a believer, uh, the judgment seat of Christ, this is not a salvation judgment because how do you get to heaven? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't get to heaven by your works. You get to heaven by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But your works will determine your responsibility. In other words, if you were responsible as a believer, if you, then you're going to have greater responsibility in heaven because we're not going to sit around on clouds or clouds and play harps. That's Clarge is clouds and harps together. Just sometimes I just like to make things shorter. Uh, we're not going to sit around on clouds and play harps in heaven. We're going to live lives of purpose. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, so we need to live. We should live in sense with a, a sense of eternity in our lives. You think about this. Eternity is a very long time. You think of eternity as a infinite amount of time. In one sense, it's not a long time, it's the absence of time. But it's, it is a long time. And life on earth in relationship to that is a dot. It's the period at the end of a sentence. It's your life, your and my life are incredibly short. The Bible says it's a vapor. It's like grass that's thrown into the fire one day. It's gone. It's our lives are short. So we shouldn't live for that dot. We should live for the line. Would that make sense? 
Let's live for eternity. Let's live for what's going to make a difference. So we're living for eternity. Uh, you know, one old saying from a long time ago, only one life so soon will pass. Only what is done for Christ will last. So one thing you need to know is that you're going to have a job in heaven. You think, oh, well, you mean I've got to work in heaven too? Yes. And you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a job and you're going to like it. Because I, I don't think there's hardly anything worse than doing nothing. Heaven will not be a boring place. You think, oh, I can't imagine going to heaven. It's going to be like one long church service. It's going to be so boring. No, it will not be. It will not be one long church service. It will be glorious. And we'll, we'll have responsibilities because we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. Uh, heaven, heaven is a place of revelation. How many of you like to be smarter? Right? Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. There, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. But now I know in part, but then I shall know fully just as I have also been fully known. There will be no dummy's guide to heaven. You're going to be, you know, just think, in heaven, you're going to be, have the wisdom and knowledge of a physicist and a mathematician and an engineer. You're going to know. as you're not, So that way you can, you know, because that helps you appreciate the splendors of heaven more. And we can, we can look at our universe. We see our universe is very mathematical. Our universe is very scientific, right? So your mind will be perfected. There'll be no sinful thoughts. That'd be a good break, wouldn't it? No sinful thoughts. You're going to have the mind of Christ. So that's present heaven. That's when we die, we'll go into present heaven. In eternal heaven, uh, we get our first glimpses of what it's going to be like in eternal heaven in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there'll be There'll be no longer any death. There'll be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. So in eternal heaven, what I want you to get, one of the first things that I want you to get is that heaven comes to earth. The eternal heaven is not out there somewhere. It's going to be the new Jerusalem coming down, the eternal heaven coming down to earth. Because this earth, by then, will have been remade. It will be renewed. It will be redone. It will be restored. It will be just as you and I will have new bodies. The earth is having a, will have a new body. But the day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3.10 says, will come like a thief. 
in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? He's saying, since really what you're investing in here is all going away, you really ought to live for the eternal. You ought to really live for what's going to last forever, not live for what's passing away, right? Looking for the hastening and the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace, spotless and blameless. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, it wasn't just man that was affected by the fall. All of creation was affected by the fall. So since all of creation was infected when Adam fell, then something had to be done about it. So when what Christ did undid the fall of man, it also undid undid the fall of everything else. It has the power to recreate. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So we're going to bring creation along with us. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we also ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, wait, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. So the whole of creation was redeemed when Christ died on the cross. Just as our sins were covered, all the sins were covered. So what was lost in Adam, what was lost in Adam's sin was regained in the cross. Jesus, by his life and his victory over death, hell, and the grave, has brought about the fulfillment of our salvation. Now, have we seen the fullness of our salvation yet? No, we won't see the fullness of our salvation until we have our new bodies in heaven. And we won't see the fullness of the salvation of the earth until the earth has its new body. But the price has been paid. So we live. We, are, you, are you saved? Anybody here saved? Because of what Jesus has done. But are you there yet? Well, no, we're not in heaven yet. So... We're living in the saved. We're there. Jesus has done the work. We've received the work. We're rejoicing in the fact that our sins are forgiven and that we're the sons of God. But we're not there yet. So we're living in the already done and not yet finished. That's the tension we live in. We live in the fact we're already Now we are the sons of God. Now, you may look around and think, I didn't really act like a son of God all the time this week. Some couple of the days, maybe I was like a son of perdition. Uh, 
In other words, you didn't work. Anybody here live perfectly this week? No, but we're already perfect. But we're not yet. So we live all, and so the earth has been redeemed, but it hasn't, it hasn't realized the redemption. It's not going to happen until there is a new heaven and a new earth. So when Christ rose from the dead by defeating death on the grave, he became the first fruits of the resurrection. He's the first of what's going to be resurrected and renew, a new body. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, and by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, after those who are Christ at his coming. And then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. So Christ is the first fruits, and then we will follow along that. Christ is the first that was resurrected. He had a, he's got a new body. Christ's body in heaven is both spiritual and physical. And we see that illustrated that we know that, that one day he just showed up in the, in the room the disciples were. He just walked through the wall. He just appeared. He's spiritual. But when he saw Thomas, Thomas said, you know, I'm not going to believe until I see him. Jesus said to Thomas, well, hey, I'm physical. I'm real. Here. Come put your hand where they put the nails. Come put your hand where they pierced my side. He was physical. He, uh, he made fish for them. Jesus cooked breakfast for the disciples, and he ate with them. So Jesus is the beginning of the culmination of what we will see in eternity, the bringing together of the spiritual and the physical. Heaven comes to earth. The spiritual comes to the physical, and that's always been God's plan. God is bringing together the spiritual and the physical. Verse 2, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, right for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the one who thirsts from the springs of the water of life without cost. He who who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So do do you get this? Because I didn't get this. I'm telling you, I I didn't understand this. I always thought of heaven as being somewhere out there, you know, just like the present heaven is in, a, is in to us an invisible realm. It's present. It's real. It's eternal. The things that are unseen are more real than the things that are seen because the things that are seen are temporary. 
because it's all passing away. But the things that are, have not seen, the spiritual is eternal. So it's not passing away. So it's more real than what we consider real. But I always thought of heaven as where we were going to go somewhere. But the reality is we're not going to heaven. Heaven's, God is bringing heaven to us. He's bringing heaven to earth. You see, and that was God's original purpose. God's original purpose was to walk in fellowship and rule and reign with his created sons and daughter. daughters. That was his purpose. His purpose, his eternal purpose was that in Eden, he was going to reign with the sons and daughters of men. But that was lost. What was lost in Eden was then regained at Calvary. And God is going to fulfill his purpose to rule and reign with us. Ephesians 1.4, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Just as he chose us in him. When? Before the foundation of the world. God chose us for salvation before the foundation of the world. He, he, God had a plan. So... So when Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't say, oh, snap. What are we, what, what we, we going to do now? I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. There's not anything that can happen that God doesn't see coming. Right? So God knew that Adam and Eve would fall. He knew Satan would fall. He knew Adam and Eve would fall. This, the plan of redemption that we would be saved through the blood of Christ, that Jesus Christ would be slain, was from the foundation of the world. Before God said, let there be light, Jesus said, I'll go and die for them. That was the eternal plan. And God hasn't changed his plan. His plan was always to culminate it all in the redemption of Christ dying on the cross. It was the plan from the beginning. Why? Why would God, why would God do that? Well, God's plan is to glorify and exalt Jesus. God's plan in eternity is for Jesus to be glorified. So I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'll gladly spend eternity glorifying Jesus. That he has made me, he's not only saved me, but he has made me a son or daughter of God. He's made me a son. That wasn't questionable, that I was a son or daughter, uh, if you were wondering about that. He has made us sons or daughters of God. He's done that. And I'll gladly glorify Christ eternally for that. But, you know, here's what it says. That also Jesus was glorifying the Father. You know, I don't know if you know this, but when you love somebody, you like, you like worshiping them. You, anybody here ever worship anybody else? You ever turn to your wife and say, I love you. I love you. Or thank you. Or you, you really look nice today. See, that's, that's, we're created that way. There's, worship is within us. We, rec we recognize, don't you think we recognize beautiful things? We, we recognize things that are worthy of, and then there's things that we think, ooh, that's chaotic. That is, 
that's disturbing. I'm not, I don't like that. But, we, but we're, we're drawn to things of beauty and order. And, and so we're, we're drawn to worship because it's eternal purpose. It's, it's why we're made. Jesus came to, to glorify the Father. And then Jesus, in dying, the Father is going to glorify him. So God the Father and God the Son just glorifying each other. You know, it's like, kind of like you do with your kids. I love you. Well, I love you more. I love you the moon and back. Philippians 2.8. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Who does that count? Who's included in that? In heaven and on earth and in hell. Everybody is going to bow their knee to Jesus Christ. This was God's plan. God's plan from eternity is that everybody will recognize how glorious Jesus is. Right? And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what's God's eternal purpose? God's eternal purpose is to exalt his Son. And Jesus' eternal purpose is to exalt the Father. And the purpose of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is to bring us along with them. God's eternal purpose is that he would bring us into the picture. That we would be sons and daughters of God. Now are we the sons of God. Hebrews 2.10, for it was fitting for him from whom all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering. God's plan is to include us. See, God doesn't need us. But he wants us, which is incredible, that he would choose us. Because if I was picking teams, I might not be on the list, right? But God chose us before the foundation of the world. Verse 8, long, long read here. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then the, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come, here I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me to the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal, crystal clear jasper, it had a great and high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels. And the names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. There are three gates on the east, and three gates on the north, and three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the, were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Then one of them who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as the width. And he measured the city... 
with the rod, 1,500 miles in length and width and height are equal. That's a pretty big city. Fifteen hundred miles, wide, deep, tall. Okay. And he measured its wall seventy-two yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stones were jasper, the second sapphire, the third something, the fourth emerald. <laughs> The fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, crystallite, the eighth, barrel, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, chrysophrase, the seventh, jacinth, the twelfth, amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. That was one big clam. And, and the streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. So, so the earth is now new earth, new heaven, new earth. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. So there's no sun, there's no moon, for the glory of God has illuminated, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations will walk by the light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it in the daytime, for there will be no night there. Its gates will be never closed, never be closed. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations to it. What does that mean? So the kings of the earth are going to bring the glory and honor of nations to this eternal heaven city. So something's going to be happening in the nations of the earth, right? Doesn't sound like all the nations of the earth are sitting around singing, holy, holy, holy is the lamb. They're doing stuff. The, there's going to be, so one of the things I want, we want to talk about next week is what will we be doing in heaven? What are you doing now? What do you like now? You think heaven's going to be worse or better? better. It's going to be better. This will be more glorious than you can imagine. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and in the daytime for there will be no night there its gates will never be closed and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it and nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it but only those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life so what are we going to do in heaven so god makes his throne he brings his throne to earth so that he can accomplish his original plan of ruling and reigning with men on the earth. But we rebelled and sinned. So God then remakes it. He redoes it. He redeems it. His eternal purpose is in glorifying Christ and bringing many sons to glory. So God is going to rule from his throne on earth And we're going to rule and reign with him. That is his plan. That's always been his plan. God's inviting you into his plan to rule and reign for eternity. So what are we going to do in heaven? Lots of stuff. We'll talk about it next week. So I want you to know this last verse. This last line, but only those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. What would keep you if you knew where there's a way to salvation 
And you know the only way to get, you knew that way of salvation was to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. What keeps us from saying yes to that? Stubbornness? I'm pretty stubborn. Are you stubborn? I'm pretty stubborn. Pride? I want to save myself. I don't need a Savior. But why take a chance on missing out on eternity? I want to tell you, eternity is going to be glorious. It's going to be more than you and I could ever imagine. It's going to be the, the culture of earth without sin. It looks like, you know, Jesus ate in his body. It looks like we're going to eat. Maybe because, I don't know, eat's kind, eating's kind of one of the things we like. Anybody here like to eat? You know? I mean, it looks like most of us like it a little too much, but, but we do like it, you know? Heaven's going to be glorious. I don't want to miss it because my pride and ego, ego, ego which is very similar to ego, my pride and ego wouldn't let me say yes to Jesus. Where I would say, Lord, I believe in you and I receive your salvation and I recognize that I need it so, so that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the thing you've got to get. You've got to get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus died on the cross so that your name could be written because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You put your faith and trust in his ability to save you. You're not going to try to save yourself. You're not trying to be good enough on your own. You're trusting in the complete work of Christ on the cross. Because you don't want to miss. Hey, I'm telling you, you want to miss heaven. We're going to talk about it more next week. So let's stand. I'm going to give you two minutes today. It's 1028. So remember this next week. Lord, we thank you because you have a glorious plan for us. It's really almost <laughs> beyond our ability to comprehend. It really is that, that you've, got, you've planned eternity for us in your presence. It makes sense to us, God. We want to be with you because you're glorious. You're incredible. You're God. But what is, blows us away is that you want to be with us. You want us in your presence. You're going to come down and bring the spiritual and physical together eternally, heaven and earth coming together so that we can together rule and reign. It just, it's just beyond really our capacity to understand it, Lord. We pray that you'd open our minds to it. In Jesus' name, amen.